Hello, everyone. This is Jamie Turner filling in for uh, Joe Noga on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. And, uh, well, right uh, on the other side here in uh, Tampa, recovering from the doubleheader to, uh, to really appropriately cap this little stretch of nine straight losses for the Indians is Paul Hoynes. And, Paul, there was a threatening hurricane, and then there was what the Rays did to the Indians. Yeah, I mean, maybe they should have. Uh, the Indians would have been better if they, if uh, Tropical Storm Elsa or Hurricane Elsa kind of just drove them out of uh, Florida without them playing a game because, that, you know, they lose nine to eight, you know, a really a tough game on uh, Monday. They get kind of rained out or stormed out on uh, on Tuesday in a dome stadium, no less. And then in the, the doubleheader today, they get swept 8-1 and 4 nothing. And to make, you know, just to add a little sting to it, they got no hit, a seven-inning no-hitter in the, in the second game. So, not a, you know, they are struggling. There's no doubt about it. They've lost nine straight. And, Jamie, this, this losing streak uh, started with a doubleheader sweep by the Tigers, and uh, it's continued. It's maybe, the, maybe it'll bookend with the doubleheader sweep by the Rays because uh, – the Indians open a four-game series with the Royals uh, tomorrow night. The uh, well, it'll be actually tonight by the time people hear this. Yeah, on Thursday. The I, I'm going to you know now that you just reminded me about the doubleheaders and both ends. It's also there was a weather. I almost think there was karma in the Indians not playing uh, that game against Detroit where. It rained right at 7:10, and then it stopped. And they kept waiting for it to rain, and it didn't. <laughs> and they called the game, you know, what two hours later. And you know, I get it; they didn't want to burn a pitcher, but they had two hours. They had more than two hours. They could have, you know, they would have gotten awfully far along in that game, and maybe they win it, and maybe they, you know, I, that's. It's kind of silly to go off on a tangent and say, well, this wouldn't have happened if they played the game against the Tigers. But, you know, we were writing stories uh, the, the day after the first game of that series saying, well, you know, thank God for the Tigers. They always make, make the Indians feel better. Exactly. And uh, the worm and is God, turned. That's tempting fate, I tell you. You can't do that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, Paul, the stats are pretty hideous for this nine game stretch. They've been outscored 57 to 24. Uh, six of the games were not competitive. The three close games, uh, three to two loss to Houston, which they only got uh, four hits. And then the four to three loss in extra innings in which Classe throws the ball away, uh, trying to feel the bunt. And then the, you know, really horrible ninth inning on, on Monday night in Tampa. Uh, you know, there has to be some residual effect with a clubhouse when you, you know, every time you're close, you, it's really, you're not executing to try to win. Yeah, you can see that, uh, uh, you know, Jamie, I, I, you know, I think uh, when, when, what, there was a game where, you know, Perez tries to bunt, uh, right bunt back into to the pitcher and he turns around and get, doubles the guy off at, at second base in uh, in one of the, the extra inning game against Houston. You know, that kind of stuff happens when, 
when a team is 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 in, a, in a, is in a funk and everybody's trying to do too much, and uh, you know we've seen it. And you know what it goes back to to me, Jamie, is that they have no starting pitching. I mean, you know, and and nobody, no team has ten starting pitchers. And when you lose five of them, and they're you know the the talent of Bieber, Savali, Plesac, and you know even uh, you know Tristan McKenzie had his moments. Uh, and Logan Allen has struggled, but you know if you lose three guys like that, I mean you can, you can't replace them. And you know I think adrenaline, you know carries can carry a team for for a certain distance when they lose you know big guys like important players on a team. You know the team bands together, but you know the kind of reality sets in, and I think reality is set in, and it's you know sitting on Terry Francona's shoulder right now, and. Uh, it is not. It's not a pretty sight. Well, I, I think it, it could be. You know, you're certainly correct about. You know, no team has. You know, ten. You know, starting pitchers ready to go for the major leagues. But I would make the argument if you go back to 2019, we're talking 15 pitchers, because now you're going back to Kluber and Bauer and Clevenger. You know. You know, and then. And then in 2019, they trade away Carrasco. Uh, they let, you know, Plitko for whatever he was, was at least a guy who could give them some innings. Yeah. And then they, you know, and then here comes the next wave, which, you know, turned out to be fine with Bieber and and uh, Savali and, and Plesak. But now you next to the next five after that. This is the third rotation they've had since 2019. And, you know. Yeah. That that just seems, you know, I, I don't know that I can remember any major league team having that much turnover in a starting rotation over three full seasons. Yeah, you just can't do it. You know, you just can't do it. I mean, guys like Bauer, Saval, I mean, Bauer, Kluber, uh, Carrasco, and and uh, who, who's the guy I'm thinking of? It's in San Clevenger. I mean, those guys kind of were established starters. I mean, those were two inning, two hundred inning starters, and they just traded them away. Starting in what, 200, 2019? They just traded all of them away. And you know, what do you expect? I mean, you you get saved by that the, by the police act, like you said, the, by the police act Beaver uh, Savali class, but you know the the 2016 draft class. But <laughs> they don't have another draft class like that. You don't. You know, teams don't have drafts like that. They they have them once every 20 years, maybe. And, and you know, and now we've got, you know, we've, we're sitting there watching, you know, J.C. Mejia, uh, you know, uh, Sam Henkes, uh, you know, Eli Morgan, uh, Logan Allen just got sent down. And guys that, you know, are overmatched. Right. And and if and, and I also think that there's a, an argument to be made that of of all the teams in Major League Baseball, the type of team that has probably been damaged the most by COVID and by the lost minor league season of 2020 is a team exactly like the Indians that doesn't invest a lot of money outside for players outside the organization that count on being able to have players come up and fill roles. And I think this year is showing what happens when, you know, I have no question. I have no doubt that the Indians had uh, made draft picks of good young talent, but they lost an entire year. 
And I don't know how it's possible for a team that suddenly needed help at every position with leaks springing everywhere from injuries, how they can possibly really count on the Owen Millers of the world and, you know, and, and, you know, uh, now David Johnson is back and, you know, but these guys didn't really have a chance to do anything a year ago. They're, you know, how they are not rusty, how are they are not less developed than what the Indians normally would have. I, I just can't believe there's, you know, another scenario in which they could possibly win with, you know, so much of what their organization believes in unable to develop for a whole year. Yeah, that's a great point, Jamie. Uh, you know, and I think uh, Chris Antonetti would agree with you 100%. He's he's talked about it a lot, you know, the, the season these guys missed, you know, the time they missed. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Carl Willis, a pitching coach, was saying, you know, uh, Mejia, Mejia's last start, last full season was an A-ball before, and now he's he's facing the Rays. You know, they're, they're rolling him out there against the Rays in the first game of a doubleheader. And he's given up six, you know, six earned runs uh, in back-to-back games, and you know, and he's not getting through the fourth, the fourth or fifth inning. And you know, we shouldn't be surprised by that. You know, we should not be surprised because you, like you said, these guys should be in Double A AA or Triple A right now, and you know, still learning their craft. And right now, they're just kind of being, uh, you know, <laughs> they're they're being pushed into the uh, to the gap just to fill to fill fill some games to to push the, the schedule along it's it it's you know and you know once in a while you'll see a good start from them but you know it's just you know it's it's almost unfair and uh you know the the one good thing is maybe well at least kind of a sign of good things is police act is scheduled to start Thursday against uh, the the Royals uh, you know, it's going to be a limited start. I don't think he's, you know, under perfect conditions. He'd probably still be have two more rehab uh, uh, appearances to go. But, you know, I think they're in such dire straits. They, they're going to take anything he can give them. Then he'll go to uh, Arizona, Goodyear, over the All-Star break and pitch, you know, a simulated game. And then he'll start that Sunday after coming out of the break against Oakland. So, you know, that's one of the big three back in you know, that, that's a good sign. But, you know, I don't think police act is is completely stretched out either. So I think we have to kind of, uh, you know, hedge our bet a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And the uh, and, and also the Indians, I think, and, in, in, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong. They've really prided themselves on trying to find really good young athletes, specifically middle infielders. Specifically, even more than that, shortstops. The idea that we keep getting the best athletes on a team, on you know, for whether they're 18 years old or 20 years old, they will develop, and we can put them at other places, you know, on the diamond, and you know, not to mention the pitching. And the problem is, they have to be able to be developed, and they've lost a year to be developed. And so why are we, you know, I know the Terry Pluto and I have had this conversation in the last week or so, you know, he, he was saying, well, you know, Owen Miller was the best hitter I saw, you know, yes, young hitter I saw in, in, uh, in spring training. And it's like, well, yeah, it's spring training. 
<laughs> there's a difference. And, and, you know, obviously Terry knows that, but what I keep thinking is if, if they've been in your system for three or four years, you have a sense that it isn't fool's gold in spring training. Right. And, you know, maybe they, they you know, they, they've, they've come around, they've, they've learned more about their craft and, you know, the Indians are asking guys quite, I mean, literally were on the street a year ago. Because not all these guys were in the, the camp over at, at uh, Lake County. And, you know, I'm, you know, they're, they're legitimate professional athletes, but they're incredibly inexperienced professional athletes. Yeah, I think you can see that, you know, especially, you know, like you brought up class A and I think, you know, the guy throws a great arm, he's throwing a hundred miles an hour, but when it comes to kind of fielding his position, we've seen some flaws in that. And, you know, I think that's, you know, this is a guy that he couldn't have pitched anyways, even if they did have last season, uh, you know, because he was suspended for PEDs. But, you know, I think you're, you're seeing that. You're, you're, not, you're seeing players that aren't the uh, finished product, that aren't the, uh, the whole package. And, uh, you know, the, and the Indians are kind of biting their tongue and, and going with it and, and trying to grow with it. And, uh, you know, Francona was talking about developing. We're here to develop players. We're also here to win. We can't lose focus, sight of the goal. The ultimate goal is to win. But right now, you know, that goal is a little murky. You know, that's, I just, you know, it, it's hard for me to imagine just where this team is going to be at the end of uh, July because the schedule just gets, just gets harder. It's not getting easier. Right, right. Well, uh, we'll be back in a, shortly to discuss what's going to happen the rest of the season and more specifically what will happen at the end of July. Uh, but first, just want to remind you, if the fact of your, your team having lost nine in a row hasn't turned you off and you actually are curious about how this team is going to rebound from this, we'd like to remind you to join Subtext, where we give you a free trial of 14 days of direct texts from Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga about the Indians every day. It's a subscription for just $3.99 a month, and you will be the first to know when there's something really interesting about the Indians. Uh, and there's nobody who knows more about the Indians and this organization than Paul Hoynes. So we encourage you to try uh, subtext, and uh, you won't be charged until the end of a 14-day free trial. With that, this is the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Jamie Turner sitting in for Joe Noga, and Paul Hoynes is in Tampa. Um, he, he had to stay an extra night in Florida thanks to the uh, storms. Uh, you will be back here in time for tomorrow, yes? I, I hope so, Jamie. I, I got an early flight, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah, the, the, the travails of being a, a, a major league writer and having to change reservations at the last moment is uh, a part of the, of the baseball writer's life that uh, I must admit, I'm, I'm, I'm a little amazed how you get through a whole season. Well, then that's good. And I, I feel that uh, it's, we all need to properly appreciate that. 
Uh, we want to talk about the, what's coming up. The Indians right now, uh, after a nine-game losing streak, are seventh in the American League wildcard race. Uh, they're only five games out of the second wildcard spot, but there are six teams ahead of them. How realistic is it for fans or you know, even the Indians organization to think that you know, th there's still a path for them in the playoffs. After all, there is still a 500 team, although I don't know for how much longer. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think they're realistic, Jamie. They, they know. They, they know that they're not going to go, they're not going to get any traction with this pitching staff. I would think, you know, the, the thing about them is, is they're interesting. They, they kind of, uh, they don't, go into one bucket or the other, you know, we're a seller or we're a buyer. They, they uh, kind of, you know, they play the middle. They, they sit in the fence and say, you know, we could, maybe this guy would help us for, for this year and next year. Uh, and uh, maybe we could, you know, get some prospects down the road. And, you know, we've seen them do that with the Bauer deal, the Clevenger deal, even, even uh, Kluber in, in, in a way that, that brought them, uh, you know, uh, uh, DeShields was a present and, and Class A was a future. And, and uh, you know, so, you know, I guess, you know, I, I think that's how they'll approach this deadline, too. Is, is that a decision that – when do you think they make it as far as, you know, okay, we're, we're now in you – know, we're, we're accepting the reality that we need to get more talent in the organization and we need to consider, you know, Trading away some, you know, established major league hitters. Yeah, I think they've already made that. I mean, I think they've got, uh, you know, Mark Shapiro used to tell me I've got two envelopes or three envelopes, and there's a plan in each one, you know. So when when the certain feeling or the gut feeling hits, you know, they open that plan and go with that 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 way, that direction. And I think uh, these guys know that, uh, you know, they're. <laughs> I mean, they see what we see. They, they, they talk just like we talk. I mean, they see what we see. Uh, you know, they have a little more in-depth knowledge of the organization and the depth and what's going on with the players. But, you know, they're not blind. Uh, uh, so they, they know what's going on. And, you know, I guess, you know, we've talked about this, Jamie. I mean, you know, the next big uh, plum on, on the Indians uh, tree, trade tree, is, is Jose Ramirez. And, do you trade him? You got you got the one of the best. You probably got the best deal in baseball on, on a talented position player. Two option years, very affordable. But if you really want to do a deal like this, you know that can help you now and can help you down the road. Well, you know probably Ramirez is the guy. But do you do that? You know that that's that's a tough that's a tough one for me. Well, it would be certainly a, a tough one for fans because it takes away. With the exception of Franmil Reyes at the plate, Jose is the reason to watch the Indians play. I, I, I no, I, you know, no disrespect anywhere else, but he's the reason. You know, he's compelling television, and you know. But at some point, you know, again, just to remind fans, there we have this pre-All Star game, you know, series with the Royals for four games. And then it goes to at Oakland, at Houston, four more against the Rays, two against the Cardinals, and three against the White Sox on the road. That's a gauntlet this team just isn't prepared for. You know, I would not. 
I won't say that. They're just they don't have the talent for it right now. Yeah. You know, Tito obviously gets them as prepared as humanly possible, but you know, it, I I don't know. I think you can make the argument that it would be somewhat irresponsible for them not to really find out what Jose Ramirez would bring in trade, and I and I'm sure that that's you know they're looking into it. Yeah, I would think so. They you know I don't think anybody is untouchable on, on probably anybody's roster, uh, and. Uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, they've had inquiries about, uh, about uh, Ramirez. Um, they probably had him last year. You know, we've heard rumors, you know, the, the last winter, uh, you know, there were rumors about, well, if you're going to trade Lindor, you might as well trade Ramirez, too. You know, is, is he the next to go? And, you know, obviously he's the next guy in line. And, uh, you know, the thing that, that, that kind of bugs me a little bit, and I know, you know, you can't get attached to players. You know, you've got to you you have to look at it kind of, you know, from a hard from a hard, uh, you know, from a clear, clear eyed uh, uh, position. Uh, but, you know, I remember Peter Bavese when he was running the Indians. He always said, you've got to keep the balls in the air. You've got to keep people entertained, you know, while, you know, while while you're, uh, you know, behind the scenes, you're rebuilding the team. And, you know, so that's, you know. And I think Ramirez is that guy, you know, that's the guy that, you, that, you know, you pay to see, but he's also your best asset. So, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting to see just how, how, how far they take this and if they really do trade him. Is there, um, I, I guess we, you know, the likely targets of trades are fairly obvious. Cesar Hernandez, Eddie Rosario, um, you know, I, I personally, I don't think they tr- they can trade Reyes. I think there's you know too much no. potential. And he's not making uh, anything. You know, he's just uh, making over right. the minimum. Oh, I mean, right. Yeah, he's the guy you've been looking for for since Manny Ramirez left. He's a right-handed power hitter. You know, you he's the guy that you put in the middle of the lineup. But it would help if you had Jose Ramirez sitting in front of sure. him. <laughs> well, no, that, that's clearly true. I, I, I guess, have you gotten any sense of, you know, what the organization would be looking for most? You know, is it outfield help? Is it, is it you know, more young pitching? What do you think is their priority? Oh, boy, that's a great question. I, uh, you know, you know, to me, they haven't shown a lot of concern about outfielders, you know. I think they, they feel like they, you can find an outfielder anywhere i i would think they they would go for pitching pitching and more middle infielders <laughs> I, I don't know what they're going to do with these guys but you know they've got them stacked you know uh like they're hovering over o'hara airport you know like and it's fog o'hara's fogged in and they're stacked on top of each other waiting to land I, i'm not sure what's well, going I- on but they may think that they have that they're you can always get outfielders. I just wish they would find a few. <laughs> you know, you know, I you know Rosario was a perfectly good pickup. There's you know he wasn't going to cost an enormous amount, and and he was certainly a, a perfectly good investment. It's been unfortunate that you know he's he's had you know a difficult first half, and now he's hurt. But yeah, you know, I looked at you know when Josh Naylor went down, there was I I got the sense. That you know it was like, oh my goodness, how are they going to, you know, survive without Josh Naylor? 
It's Josh Naylor. He's, you know, this isn't uh, Shohei Otani. It's a guy with a 0.1 war this season. You know, he, he's barely better than a replacement player. He he has a little better at betting average. Can't hit lefties, except when he gets the rare home run off one. And suddenly everybody's saying, well, you know, he can, you know we got to keep him in against lefties. He's batting 185 against them. Uh, and, you know, they so I, I keep waiting for, you know, when we're going to start seeing, you know, everybody thought two years ago Oscar Mercado was going to be a guy. Yeah. And that yeah, I, I thought I thought he was going to be their center fielder for, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. And uh, it hasn't worked out that way. And I don't know if Oscar can make his way back. But, you know, when I think of Indians outfielders, I think of Tyler Naquin, you know, number one pick. Uh, shown flashes, kept getting hurt, and finally when they cut cut him loose, he goes to Cincinnati and is having a career year. <laughs> so right. that's what I think. You know, Indians of Indians outfielders. Well, and and so the the, mo- the person who's followed the same track would be Bradley Zimmer. Yeah. Who, you know, who, who's you know kind of the you know has a lot of the same skill sets, a little better defensive player. Um, you know, I'm sure if he's let go, you know, somebody will pick him up and he'll hit 280 and everybody will say, oh, my God, we could have had that. And it's like, well, maybe not, guys. It's, you know, people do yeah. do better away, you know, in, in new surroundings sometimes. Yeah. And Zimmer, you know, to me, I mean, he's he's a great athlete. And but is he ever going to hit? You know, that's the question. You know, at least with Nick, when you saw some offensive promise you know i mean that year he you know two years ago when he hit the fence in tampa bay and and blew out his knee he was hitting 280 he was having a good year at the end of august you know and he was set to play a full season for the first time but you know we haven't seen that from zimmer since he hurt his shoulder and even then you know he he didn't hit for an extraordinary batting average and we didn't see the power we what we saw was a guy like you said jamie can go get it in center field had a great arm and was fearless defensively and and i think he's still trying to find his way as a hitter we, we and i don't know if he ever will i hope he does but uh, you know he's he's so long his arms are so long that you know i think you know pitchers he can be pitched to the uh Wrapping up uh, this episode of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, uh, what should we expect? If you can, if you want to hazard a guess, against uh, the Royals this weekend. Well, the Royals are almost going as bad as the Indians. I think they've lost like uh, uh, thirteen of their last sixteen, and uh, they, they they're coming off a loss. You know, they they they're coming off a loss to the Reds. Um, and they they've been struggling. They've been struggling, but they have you know they they're pitching lined up. You know Danny Duffy's back. Uh, you know Brad Keller is going to face the Indians, who's, who usually pitches well against them. And the Indians, you know, when I checked, they, they had they listed Plesac and four two two BD TBDs. You know to be determined for the for the next three uh, for the last three games. You know I think obviously Quantrill and and Mejia maybe and and. Uh, uh, Morgan are going to get get a start and you know but there's I think they're still going to need a starter for Sunday because you know that was Logan Allen's spot and he got sent down before the doubleheader today. Right, right. Well, it's uh it's not exactly what we were all hoping that we would be talking about 10 days ago. 
Um, but this is what it is at the moment. The Indians are 42 and 42. They're in the bottom of the American League in hitting. They're in the middle of the American League in pitching, and that's only because they were really good for about six weeks to start the season. Um, so, well, we'll just have to see what, what uh, comes up and hope that a team that so desperately needs a week off somehow is revitalized. Yeah, so, yeah, I think those, those four days are going to help, Jamie, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Paul. This has been uh, the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast for July 7th. Um, we we're hoping that uh, this nine-game losing streak will be gone in the next 24 hours. Uh, for uh, Paul Hoynes, I'm Jamie Turner. Thanks for listening.